Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 180. Wow, we made it. To 180. Nice round number there. Yeah, 20 episodes away from the big 200. Which we'll have to celebrate something. We will. What did we, we do will. at the 100? With some deep remember? dish. We talked about that last yeah, time. Yeah, our discipleship I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they'll be ready. How many, how you don't many think we they'll be ready get? in 20 weeks? I don't know. I don't know. You never know. You know, there's supposed to be a Kia dealership happening at Thomas Crossroads for like four years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have they started building that building? Yeah, the brick's going up. Yeah, I was so maybe say, we'll have some deep in dish. In twenty pizza weeks, by I bet we're gonna have some. You deep know dish. the place that used to be QT that now is empty, and you know the building yeah, that's on yeah. the other side of Dairy Queen that's been there for three years, and everybody's yeah. wondering what it is. That's a brewery that was supposed to open. Oh. Really? <laughs> wow. You know how long that building's been empty and built? Like yeah. two or three years at least. <laughs> yeah, at least. Wow. So people well, who are Well, thanks for our, our Coweta County development yeah. deep dive. That's right. That I, went off the rails. I'm sorry. Hurry. Let's start over. No. No, okay. no. no we're not starting over? No. Okay, we're not. Okay, but we're not. But we, okay. we, were, we were talking about... We go, are episode gonna, 200. That's where we are, are today. This is 200. episode 200? 200. 200. Yeah. No. We're 180. Okay. We're just... Ent- Somehow we got to anticipating 200. Like we're going to make it 20 more episodes. 20 more episodes. Oh, I believe in us. That's right. If we're getting deep dish, we'll make it 20 more oh, episodes. Oh, I, I will. Or I'll just call it 200 and we'll eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, That'll be around Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> if, if we go weekly, I guess. I don't know. So so far we haven't missed a week in, in quite some time. So quite some, oh, it won't be Christmas then. Mm-hmm. It'll be. We, you think we'll have a name by then? I do. Yes, I do. think so. Okay. I don't have any new ones this week because, you know. We, we just, just recorded those. We filmed last week five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't have a theme song yet either, but no. it's still open if you want to send one in. Yeah. We have not decided on the name yet. Not yet. But no, 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 no. Two peas in our pod. <laughs> Two? Two? Three. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody's leaving, I guess. Two and a half peas in a pod. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I got kicked out of a podcast. <laughs> You're about to. <laughs> you keep singing. So this week, I have another question. Um, yes. And this one, as I teached last week, is about finances. Somebody wants us to talk about money. Got it. Oh, we so like that. Let's I got none, so I'll talk about it. There you go. I we have a podcast for people who want to understand church finances. Really? We do. Well, it's yeah, not a it's... podcast, but we have the donor. If you oh, donate, yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes out every month. Yeah, it does. We it's talk true. about that. So you have to actually give to see That's, that's our Patreon page. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. On our Patreon oh, page. I hadn't thought about it that give, way. You give, you give money to the church, and you get on our donor video. Yeah, that's exactly right. I hadn't yeah. thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much more succinct than these things. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a 10-minute We know that day. people who give yes. don't want to listen that long. listen to y'all. <laughs> so here's the question. Y'all ready for it? I am ready. Question. What is the wisdom behind the 101080 financial plan that I have heard mentioned at CCC? I have followed a 10% tithe for a very long time, but with the rise in expenditures, 90% of my salary doesn't cover my costs. I know God doesn't promise financial freedom. I just have to reevaluate finances, and I was wondering how that formula was figured. Well, I'll say this. I think I think God does promise financial freedom. Ah, okay. And but He does not promise uh, the American dream. Yeah, yeah. And there is financial freedom that is better than the American dream. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you have to decide that Jesus is right. Well, by that we mean the wisdom of Scripture is right. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, there was a, there's a line that I noticed yesterday when we were worshiping together in a song that we've sung forever, and I had never really put this together. There's a line that says, um, I trust in your word enough, and that's, that's the key word, to put your kingdom first. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, <laughs> I love the, the line is honest enough, I trust enough yeah. <laughs> to do what you said. That's mm-hmm. a great line. Yeah. And that's really where it comes to with money. You know, money is... Money is the one area that uh, it was the toughest area for me to get figured out when I first became a Christian because I wasn't raised. I was raised by a person who was very wise about money, but was not a Christian at the time. He taught me about money. And so I understood about saving money and I understand about using money. I understood about leveraging your savings. I understood about those things. But the idea of giving money, well, giving doesn't make no sense because when you give money away, you don't have it anymore. That's right. uh, but then I was blessed to marry a person who uh, had always followed Jesus and had been learning from a very young age about giving that, uh, you know, you trust enough mm-hmm. to put the kingdom first. And that is the first step. And a lot of people get that step, but they don't get the next part of it that... Uh, there, God will provide enough money for you to have what you need, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it might not be the dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. it or might, what you think you need, or what you think you need. Yeah, and I know that our culture has conditioned us to, because we are in in the in the United States, we are a consumer culture. It feeds us to want a bigger, bigger. Even if you have a little, yeah. you want a bigger. Yeah, and. Uh, there are things that are more important than that. So you can have enough to have financial freedom. Mm. You may not mm-hmm. have enough to have the things that everybody tells you you need mm. in the United States, but you and your family will be okay. The amount of money that I have made in my life, and I know even you know when we were real, people would think, I've never made the amount of money that churches for our size would pay a senior pastor, yeah, and that's, that's been right. that's been intentional. Mm-hmm. One, I wanted to keep the money for the church, but also my needs were being met. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's, right. that's that's the way that goes. So, yeah. the wisdom behind it is the Bible's really clear. Uh, when you so that ten percent, it, it's about keeping you in financial freedom. Well, that's yeah. what it. That's the purpose of the ten ten eighty plan is yeah. to keep you in financial freedom. So, for just to clear the deck, so if you're listening and you're thinking, I don't know what ten ten eighty is, let me just explain it. It's just a, a system we sort of taught around here for years now, just as a guide to help people. And it goes the first ten percent goes to God. It's it's for for giving to God's work in this world. The next ten percent is. For the future, I save. I put some away so that I can, you know, uh, be wise and steward of what I have. And then the eighty percent that's left is what I live on. That's right. That's just a simple guide uh, that we've encouraged people to follow because a lot of times people come, and, and I, I say from experience, this is my story. I came to this church uh, as a young man who had just gotten married. Uh, literally, the my first Sunday at, on staff at this church was the Sunday after I got married, and uh, my wife and I. Um, we had no financial plan and didn't even realize we didn't have a financial plan. I hadn't even thought about it. And so it happened to be, uh, I got hired on in January and we were doing a money series. I used to teach it every January. Every January for a long time. And so we're sitting in church, a newly married couple, and we heard Ed talk about the 10, 10, 80 plan. And I remember driving home and my wife looked at me and said, well, that's a plan. 
that's as good as any. I said, well, when you got no plan, that plan's as good as any. <laughs> so right. let's do that plan. Right. And she said, okay. And my wife is so super disciplined. She's the one that handles the money in our uh, in our uh, marriage. And she she's always been good at numbers and money. And so she said, let's do that. And so we did. And it has become the guiding principle, not not the rule of our life, but a sort of a guiding mm-hmm. principle for us. And I can say that it has led us well. Yeah. So that's that's what the 101080 plan is. So I guess the questioner wants to know um, just I guess, you know, so I I'm going to have to guess a lot at what yeah, the person the person says I've always given 10% mm-hmm. and but God doesn't promise financial freedom. I'm guessing I'm trying to read between the lines that there's some tension in their their finances. Well, they were they they were talking about um, right now because of the way the economy is yep. going. They feel like that uh, what they're what they have left over is not mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. and it may very well not be yeah. for what you have for where your lifestyle is. And I don't mean that, and it doesn't mean you're living in absorbent. It doesn't no. mean mm-hmm. you're living in. It, the problem when you try to ad, adjust your finances to your lifestyle is that your lifestyle is always going to demand more, mm. even when you don't. Whether it's the economy that demands it and you didn't even know it was happening because everything went up in price, when you have no margin, you're going to always be pushed to the limit. And in our country, because um, borrowing money is pretty easy for most people that maintain a job, you can get a credit card pretty early, pretty easy, and then you can spend 110, 120, 115% of your income, and then you literally live out the truth of the scripture that says, the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. And what you find out is now I've borrowed 120%, whether it's in student loans or whatever whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I don't have any margin. And no matter what I do, I try to honor God with this 10%, but as the economy pushes or debt load increases or I have something happen, it overcomes. That's why that other margin of the other 10% is so critical where you have a you have an emergency fund. You have some buffer in there yeah. that you can adjust over time. Mm-hmm. And so what I'd love to offer to the person is we have lots of resources to help that's beyond this that we could help and personalize people that are willing to talk you through how to get free on this. But you're going you're gonna to have to let us know and come out of anonymity a little bit. But we would, if you if you'll ask for it, we have ways to train you on that. And there may have to be times where you adapt from what is currently a 90-10 plan, it sounds like, mm-hmm. to you work some ways so you can get some other buffer in there to get to the place that you get where you are not spending more than you make. Yeah. And I know, and just to be honest, I know that sounds uh impossible when you're in a situation like that because I've, I've talked with people about that and and if, if you feel like 90 percent is way less then someone coming in and going well now you need to live on 80 percent it just sounds like that's ridiculous yeah i'm not gonna be able to do I it i can't do that and so but so so what i always try to encourage people it, you're in the midst of a process you are this is not a switch that you can turn tomorrow yeah but you can grow into that plan if you're not yet there. And so there's there's a level of patience that needs to be employed in that. There's a, there's a process that you need to undergo and know that 
God is honored by the process. And there may also be the other part that I think most people need, even asking the question and then coming out of anonymity and getting some people around you. It is the benefit of having, we're always saying this isn't a personal private relationship. Mm -hmm. Money feels very personal and private. But if you'll step in and let somebody help you, hold you accountable, and I don't mean accountable like, oh, my gosh, you spent too much, but just saying to you, hey, your goals are good goals, Mm -hmm. where you want to get to help buffer out the patients financially because there's very little in the American culture that wants anybody to be patient financially. Mm-hmm. We it, it demands immediate gratification at every turn yeah. on everything. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so. there are hard decisions to be made often in, the, in that yes. process. And it may not be that you're ready to make all of those hard decisions. And, and we talked about this on the last podcast. There's no coercion going on. No, there's nobody going to stand over you and force you to make a decision. It's you're your money. To make. It is. Well, we believe it's God's well, money. Well, it's all God's money. But he's money. given you to the, the freedom to do with it what you will. And, you know, but at the same time, I also tell people, you know, until you make some of these decisions, you're going to be where you're at. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things that you've got to grow into. So... Yeah, I think the the example I used, we did an episode, I told Jason before we started, I wondered if the person who sent this had been listening to our Not Great Parents podcast because we had talked about on there how to talk to your kids about finance. The person wanted to know what was an appropriate way to handle allowance with their kids. Yeah. And so we talked and we talked a lot about the 10-10-80 plan. And I said, you know, um, just from a biblical standpoint, um, you know, often people... Um, talk about money in America, we get it really backwards, you know, because you end up talking about it in church, and the thing everyone ends up always saying is, you know, no, money's not evil, right? Money's, it's the love, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So anytime you start talking about, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you need to be careful, you might be, well, money's not evil. It's the love of money. And I don't love money. I did just have to defend it to you as yes. not being evil. <laughs> I don't love it. I'm just defending it, yeah. right? And what ends up happening is a lot of us end up getting to a place where we start to think, well, I don't love money, so it's not a problem. Yeah. It's not. And I said, if you look at the scripture overall, I said the example I used is that uh, money is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like bleach and ammonia. They are very powerful chemicals. You can do a lot of things. But if I was constantly walking around piling up stockpiles of bleach and ammonia in my house and keeping them right next to each other, someone at some point might go, you know, that's a little bit of a dangerous combination that you've got. Maybe you might want to might want to separate those things from yourself for a moment. The Bible tends to treat money as something that it's not, it isn't evil. <laughs> But holding on to it as if it were the thing that were going to fix everything in your life is a dangerous combination. In fact, James says it is the it is a corrosive thing. He says your wealth, the piles of your wealth and your jewelry, they will that will that the corrosion of your I think he says the corrosion of your jewelry and the moths that have eaten away at all your clo- your stockpiles of clothes, they will be the judgment that will be piled upon you. Jesus then talks about this idea of a man who builds up a barn to, to take care of himself, and he goes, you know what? I need a bigger barn. America is a world that we think the goal is to have the biggest barn. Well, and you know, um, our elders, and this has been an impactful conversation for me because I've come back to it many times. One of our elders who's older than me, <laughs> brought up in one of our Bible studies where we study the Bible together about how much do you think about money and 
all of us, you know, have done okay, and we're not at a place uh, where we have to. But all of us admit money becomes more of a thought than we would like it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's that thought of, I wonder if I'm okay. Even though all of us have been very faithful and God's God's seen to us being okay for a long time. But there is a thing, even as you get older and even as you say, even as you've done things the way God would want you to do, you begin to think, I wonder if I'm going to have enough. I wonder if I'm going to have enough. And the idea that money somehow is going to be the thing that take care of me in my old Mm -hmm. age and not God Mm -hmm. who provided the money, Mm-hmm. That in of itself is a dangerous thought to begin to have or, that you have to begin to deal with. What am I thinking here? What am if I? <laughs> if you're a younger person, like the people I end up hanging with, they're probably not thinking as much as they should about putting their savings away, and they think they don't think about money, but they frequently talk to me about how every kid deserves to have a vacation every year. Yeah. And we should be doing this. And you. And the big concern is, well, we don't have money for that. And when I've said to people before, well, maybe your kid doesn't need a vacation this year. Mm. And the thought of that sounds as if I said, and maybe you should just punch him in the face once or twice. A day. <laughs> as if that, I mean, I'm telling you, when we have conversations about it and they're like, well, no, th- no, every kid needs to go to Disney World at some I'm point. I'm just though. thinking, and, what, what's a kid got to have a vacation from? Well, but, yeah, no, I get that. But this idea that every My dad would say, well, go get a job first, and then after you have a job for a while, then you can have a vacation. My girl asked me the other day, Daddy, we'd have more Cheez-Its if you didn't eat all the Cheez-Its. And I said, well, I paid for the Cheez-Its, so it turns out I'm giving you some free Cheez-Its every day. They're my Cheez-Its. You know, but you start thinking of that way, right? You start looking at things that way. And the, the, the promise of, this is why I always get back to when you say, I don't really love money, but you do love vacation. Mm-hmm. Because you've told yourself, I got to go to the beach a few times the, a year, and that does cost a little bit. Man, Airbnb's going up, and gas is going up, and these the, the out to eat is, there is this long-time spiritual discipline in the Christian tradition known as simplicity, mm-hmm. which is an idea that just is, and you know, you, when I say that, a lot of people end up thinking of Quakers and the Amish. And <laughs> I think about there is a Quaker theologian who, talk, who who used to talk about there's this idea that the line between uh, needs and wants are a lot closer than we think they are. Oh, and he says, yeah. the moment you step over into want, uh, there really is no difference between spending $50 and $5,000. Because once you've said, well, I don't really need this. I just really want it. You start stepping over. Now, I'm not saying that you never spend money on things that you want, I think it's a little bit like having bleach pneumonia nearby and you go, I better be, I need to think through every time I'm going to pour this out. Where, what am I pouring this on? Because you put bleach and ammonia together, you got mustard gas. Yeah. And it becomes toxic and corrosive. And I am just aware in my own life um, how easy it is for me to get to the, we do the 10, 10, 80 plan, but the truth is the, I had, uh, who is currently an elder on, come to me when I was young, I was 20 years old. And she just said to me, you know, now that you're making more money, cause I'd gone from a part-time job to a full-time job. She came to me and said, uh, you know, you and your wife should think about, maybe it shouldn't be 10, 10, 80. Maybe it should be 12, 10, something else. Yeah. Maybe it should be 15, 10, whatever the rest is. And that has become the guiding principle for us is my wife and I look every year and go, can we shrink that 80? Can we shrink that 80 that we're giving more away? And so we always do that at the beginning of the month. But then at the end of the month, we look at what's excess. And we've been saying we want to give to things that God cares about. And it's so interesting to me how 
we the way the way we've had to do that as practices when we go out for what we call luxury expenses not paying the mortgage not 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 even not even you know every time we go to the grocery store do i want this ice cream bar not those I'm talking about when we decide we're going to the movies we're going to do this we don't even pray should we do it or not we just pray hey god thank you for the opportunity for us to do this help us care more about people in need help us care more about prisoners help us care more about this and what i have found is my desire for those things have shrunk mm -hmm. going to the movies going out to eat and occasionally we say hey maybe we're just not going to go out to eat this weekend and that's money that at the end of the month we can set aside to give to some prisoners to do some things. And we talked about that on that Not Great Parents podcast. Yeah. Because the financial freedom that Jesus promises is not financial freedom to make sure everyone gets to go to Disney World and everyone gets to go on a cruise. The financial freedom is the financial freedom to be the kind of person who everything I get, I go, oh, how can I bless someone else with this? Because I got to take care of my kids. Wait. God gave me these kids. I got to pay my bills. It's the freedom from being beholden to finances yes, yes. That's, that's right that's what i would say for that's me because right. I, I said earlier my wife and i adopted the 101080 as our starting point right and we have had the same experience yeah. you just described nathan as we have grown our income has grown that percentage has you know yeah, has changed. changed over the years sure, sure. um and the thing it has done in me and i think this is why the, this is where the wisdom for me comes in and i think this is why the scripture leads us in this direction is because the longer I have lived underneath that system, it has shown me in tangible ways. And it has to this point convinced me that we live in the kingdom of, of God's son, which is not a kingdom of lack. Mm -hmm. It is a kingdom of surplus. Yes. And mm -hmm. the more I've lived under that system, the more it has been impressed upon my heart because I'll be honest, that, that thing is hard for me. I, because of the way I'm built, I always wonder: Is there enough? Is there enough? And that's been the struggle of my whole adult life. Of when I feel the opportunity to let go of something, there's a hesitation in me. Yeah. There's always that hesitation. Yeah. But if I let go of this, is there going to be enough for me? And the more I've lived under that system, the more I've become convinced of there's always enough. That's right. There's always enough. And it has helped me loosen my hand yep. on things. And not just not just in tithing. I'm talking about other things. I'm talking about, you know, when when I have an opportunity to to bless another family in this church mm -hmm. by paying for a meal for them mm -hmm. or uh, bless somebody who is going through a, a tough time financially mm -hmm. and I can meet that need. That's right. And then I step in, I go, but if I let go, yeah, there's enough. There's enough for them. There's enough mm -hmm. for me. That's right. There's enough for you. That doesn't mean I'm stupid and indiscriminate, no. but I live with that. We've talked about it around here, that open-handed mm -hmm. right. posture toward God. It has grown that in me more than anything else in, in my life, and it has been a good thing for me. And I think in the end, that's what God wanted for me in the, in the first place. I agree. And it is the one area I just say to people all the time, people always want to, I want to know that God's real. I want to know that he's involved in my life. Yep. It is the only place that we're invited to test him. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know that I am actively involved, test me in this mm -hmm. yep. and see. And it's the full wisdom of God and that mm -hmm. you can you can do that. And the side that I have control of of my finances is really on on this thing of 
as the economy. I don't I don't really get to do anything on the economy. I can vote, but let's just be honest. How much does that matter? I, I do it. I'm not saying I don't do it. I do it. But in the end, they're going to do what they do. Yeah. And the world situation is going to do what it does. I can control my desires and my lifestyle. And that's the part of financial part that I can always make sure I live within my means while also I want to be a person that is like my God, who's generous. Mm -hmm. No matter how little or much I have to offer, I want to be a generous person. And the number of people that I've met through the years as we talked about helping poor people, and we made a big effort on that, which we're going to spin back up here in the days ahead, that want to. I mean, their heart is for it. But... They've bought into the American dream so much, their their hearts for it. They just can't literally be for it, or mm-hmm. they're not. They're going to lose their house, or they're going to lose a car, or they're going to. They've spent one hundred and twenty percent of what they make. Mm-hmm. They're way over the top. They love to help, or somebody in their small group gets sick, and they say, "Is there something we can do?" Because what they know is there ain't nothing I can do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't. I feel generosity, but I can't really be generous. Mm-hmm. This this plan will lead you to the things God put in your heart to be true, that you can live free of the control of the God of money. And Jesus does call money a God, a mm-hmm. competing God. It is. Mm-hmm. I can be free of that. Yep. So... That's the that's yeah. the wisdom behind it. And I would say, just to echo again what Ed said earlier, whoever sent us this question, or if in this conversation it has sparked something in you to want to know more or to want to get some help on mm-hmm. working through that process of, of becoming more financially free, man, reach out to us. Um, talk to us. We would love to help. We have resources mm-hmm. that would be helpful to you. We, we have people that would love to walk with you. Again, not in a coercive pressure field kind of way, but just to say, hey, let's take steps and uh, figure out the process so that you can experience the kind of life that we're talking about. And and you do not have to be a part of Community Christian to access that help. You don't have to ever intend to attend here. You don't ever give money here or any of that. And if you think we're doing it for the money, I always say to people, you ought to start giving money somewhere else for the sake of it's an active spiritual practice God invites you to do. Yeah. But if you doubt that our motives are clean, don't don't give us don't mm-hmm. give community Christian mm-hmm. any money. Nah. I get that why you would doubt it. We're good. We're we're in a kingdom of, of surplus. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so we ain't worried about that. So all right. So that was a good conversation, guys. Thanks for that. Yeah. Keep sending us your questions. And your name ideas, if you got them. If, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ed wants songs. I, I like I like theme songs. He loves music. I love a little bumper music at the beginning. That <laughs> yeah, we're kind of dry in that way. Yeah, right at the beginning. Have, I have a podcast I'm listening to right now that just did that. That's what made me think of it. Mm-hmm. They they have been inviting listeners to write theme songs, and they some of them have been good, and some of them have not. They've been other. I told you we're gonna have some cringe. <laughs> yeah, just mm-hmm. well, <laughs> I like that as a name. We we are cringe. We are cringe. It could so, be a name of a, a band that I would have belonged to at one time. <laughs> and probably were. Yeah, exactly. You were. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a I great hope, week. Yeah. See ya.